Jesus' name. And I, for one, am thankful that I have the privilege of being a part of that, as I know you are too. I learned something recently. Imagine that. Amen? Uh, every day, learning something new. Well, I learned something recently, and that is that behavioral scientists have discovered that we usually see that that we're prepared to see. All of that is centered around the nerve cells that are called the reticular activating system. And everybody's got one. The reticular activating system works like this. Once something has been brought to our attention, once we're prepared to see it, then we see it virtually everywhere. Let me give you an example. Say you decide to buy a new car. You make up your mind what kind of car you're going to get, what body style you're going to get, what color you're going to get, and then all of a sudden, you start seeing those kinds of cars everywhere. Right? Um, you see them on the roads. You see them on TV advertisements. You see them in magazines. You see them in, uh, in books and newspapers. You see them everywhere. What has happened? They were always there. But the moment that you were prepared to see them, your reticular activating system kicked in, and suddenly you saw them everywhere. It happens in other areas of our lives, too. You see what you're prepared to see. For example, if you are prepared to see doom and gloom and failure in 2015, guess what you're going to see? Doom, gloom, and failure. If, on the other hand, you are prepared to see sunshine, opportunities, and an amazing new year. Guess what you're going to see? Just that. At the start of every year, we have this opportunity for a new beginning. A fresh start, if you will. But sadly, it seems that year after year after year, we find ourselves making those same old bad decisions that cause our years to be kind of stinky. Amen? Same old bad decisions that keep us from receiving all that God has in store for our lives. In Egypt, the Israelites were in bondage to the enemy. In Egypt, the Israelites were forced into harsh slave labor. In Egypt, we know that they were deprived of all their rights, those rights that you and I take for granted. Year after year, nothing changed for them. Year after year, they had no freedom. Year after year, they had no joy. Year after miserable year, they had absolutely no hope. There are people living like that even today. 
People living with no hope, joy, or freedom. Maybe you can identify with those Israelites. Maybe uh, you feel like you've been in bondage to the enemy of this world for years and you don't see a way out. Maybe uh, you've been working a dead-end job for years, but there's nothing you can do about it. After all, the bills have got to be paid. Maybe you've been living life in a rut for years, and you just feel like there's no hope for change. Have the same year-to-year -year ruts deprived you of God's best for your life? have the same old sins, the same old habits, the same old lack of faith, the same lack of devotion time, the same mistakes, the same relationships, the same health problems, the same degree of service, the same offerings, the same attitude, and the same thoughts. Have all those things just stolen your freedom? Have those things stolen your joy? Have you allowed those things to steal your hope? Well, first of all, you need to remember what a rut is. You remember what a rut is? A rut is a grave with the ends knocked out. And sometimes we can find ourselves in a grave with the ends knocked out, and we live year after miserable year in that rut. But I bring you great news today. Great news because you can put an end to the ruts that keep us from being all that God wants us to be. Today can be your defining moment. This year, if, say if, if you will fix your sights on a new beginning, if you will decide that this year is going to be your year, if, friend, you will prepare yourself to receive what God has in store for you, if, then, say then, then this may be the very best year of your life. If, then. So how can we prepare for the best year of our life? How can we prepare ourselves for this amazing new year that's right here upon us. Well, first and foremost, you need to know something. You need to know what the Bible says. The Bible says that if God be for us, who can be against us? Amen? You need to know that God is on your side. You need to know that God wants you to be successful, that he wants you to be effective against the enemy of this world. God wants you to be out of that dead-end rut that you find yourself in year after year. Secondly, there's something else you need to know. You need to know that this is a new, say new, this is a new year. This year that's coming is different. It's a new year. It's a new time. It's not like last year. It's new. It's different. And it's going to be different. So as we begin this new year, let's begin by allowing God's word to remind us of all the assurances 
of success that God has given us in his word. In Deuteronomy chapter 11, beginning in verse 10, I want to share with you some words that God has given Moses to share with the children of God. Are you ready for this? There's one of you. Are you ready for this? Amen. All right, verse 10 of Deuteronomy chapter 11, follow along with me. God says, For the land which you go to possess is not like the land of Egypt from which you have come. Did you get that? The land that you're going to is different from the land you just came from. The year that you're going to is different from the year that you just finished. Amen? Let's keep reading. From Egypt, from where you have come, where you sowed your seed and watered it by foot as a vegetable garden. Verse 11, but the land which you cross over to possess, it is, it is a land of hills and valleys which drinks water from the rain of heaven. A land for which the Lord your God cares. The eyes of the Lord your God are always on it from the beginning of the year to the very end of the year. And it shall be that if, say if, if you earnestly obey my commandments, which I command to you today, to do what? To love the Lord your God and serve him with all your heart and with all your soul. If now, then, say then, then I will give you, I will give you rain for your land in its season, that early rain and the latter rain, that you may gather your grain your new wine and your oil and I will send grass in your fields for your livestock that you may eat and be filled. Take heed to yourselves lest your heart be deceived and you turn aside and serve other gods and worship them. Lest the Lord's anger be aroused against you and he shut up the heavens so that there be no rain and that the land yield no produce and you perish quickly from the good land that the Lord is giving you. What do we believe guarantees the believer success in 2015? What guarantees me that that old year I just finished with ain't going to find its way into the new year I'm moving into. First of all, we believe in God's provision. We believe in God's provision. Again, in verse 10, for the land which you go to is not like the land which you came from in Egypt, where you sowed your seed and watered it by foot as the vegetable garden, but the land which you cross over to possess, it is a land of hills and valleys. which drinks the water from the rain of heaven. In an article a few years ago, a man gave his idea of a perfect world. Don't you wish we lived in a perfect world? Here's what he said about a perfect world. He said, in a perfect world, you'd feel as good at 60 as you did when you were 17. Amen? That'd be perfect. In a perfect world, you'd be as smart as 60 as you thought you were at 17. Amen? Right? In a perfect world, professional athletes 
would be complaining about the multi-million dollar contracts that school teachers get. <laughs> Amen? In a perfect world, potato chips would have no calories. Amen? And the ones that did have calories, if you ate them with a little bit of onion dip, the onion dip would neutralize the calories. Amen? A perfect world. In a perfect world, mail would always come early. Amen? And that check in the mail would always be far bigger than it was supposed to be. Amen? In a perfect world. But the truth is this. Because of sin, we don't live in a perfect world. And until Jesus comes back, we never will. In a perfect world, we won't have any of the troubles and difficulties that we have. But since this is not a perfect world, we have to endure the ups and the downs of life. God tells his children there will be hills and valleys in this new year. There will be hills and valleys in this coming land, this good land. But he also reminds them of this. Did you catch it? He reminds them that the rain from heaven reaches both. The provision from heaven reaches the hills and the valleys. The provision of God reaches you when you're on the mountaintop. And it reaches you when you're in your deepest valley. We believe that God has provided for us. So regardless of where you're located in this coming year, rain from heaven still falls. It's just sometimes more difficult to see the rain, to experience the rain when you're down in the valley. But when you believe that God provides for your needs, whether you're on the highest mountaintop or the deepest abyss, here's one thing you can always have, and that is hope. You can always have hope. Do you know that sometimes when we're on the mountaintop, do you know what the greatest thing we need? When we're on the mountaintop, sometimes the greatest thing we need is to get knocked down off of it. Because when we're on top of the mountain, we have a strong tendency as human beings to become self-sufficient. We think we don't need God. We got the mountaintop. But you know, when you're down in the valley, you also have great needs. And I think that sometimes the greatest need that we have in the valley is just the hope that things are going to improve. I think that we need the hope that I'm not being overlooked that I've not been abandoned, that God has not turned his back on me. We need the hope that God still loves me, that he always has and he always will. Sometimes we just need that hope. So friend, as you begin your new year, your new beginning, believe in God's provision no matter where the troubles of life find you. But there's something else that we believe in. And that is, we believe in God's presence. Did you catch that in verse 12? A land for which the Lord your God cares. The eyes of the Lord God, the Lord your God, are always on it. From the start of the year to the end of the year. From the beginning of the year to the very end of the year. God is with you, not only on the mountains and the valleys, but all through the course 
of your new year. For six years, Todd Beamer and his wife taught Sunday school at Princeton Alliance Church, and they also served with the youth ministry. Now, that name, Todd Beamer, may ring a bell with some of you. Todd Beamer was one of several American heroes who stormed the cockpit of United Flight 93 to overtake hijackers who were bent on flying that Boeing 757 into the White House back on September the 11th, 2001. They were Sunday school teachers. They served in the youth ministry. Todd was just like you, loving and serving the Lord. But Todd's daughter, Lisa, wrote a book entitled, Let's Roll. And that book, Let's Roll, is based upon Todd's last words that he spoke as he stormed the cockpit of that hijacked aircraft. As Lisa was reflecting on the loss of her dad, who she thought was doing everything right, she said, I slowly began to understand that the plans God has for us does not just include good things. That the plans God has for us include the whole array of human events. It's pretty profound. She said, often, blessings in the Bible are outcomes of bad events. And she said, I remember my mom saying that many people look for miracles, things that their human minds think can fix the problem. But many miracles are not a change to the human events. Many miracles are found in God's ability and his desire to sustain you and to nurture you through even the worst situations. Blessings are often the outcome of bad events. And Lisa said, somewhere along the way, I stopped demanding that God fix my problems. And instead, I started to be thankful for his presence as I endured them. I want you to know this morning that you have the presence of Almighty God going with you into this new year. In verse 12, Moses refers to Almighty God, the God of Israel, as your God. I don't know how that sounds to you, but to me that sounds personal. My God? He's my God? This almighty creator? He's my God? He's a personal savior? He's a personal Lord? The Bible says that his eyes are always upon us. And he goes further to say, the Lord your God. Your God cares. 
Peter said so much in 1 Peter chapter 5, instructing us as believers to humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your concern upon him. Why? Because he cares. He cares for you. God has taken it upon himself. I would think that God has much better things to do than to worry about my trivial problems. But God Almighty, my God, your God, has taken it upon himself to watch over you. He's taken it upon himself to be with you through thick and thin. He's taken it upon himself to preserve you for his glory no matter what happens this year. I was suddenly reminded of Isaiah 41. In verse 10, God says, Isaiah, tell my people this. And God says to, your, to you, he's, this is your God saying this to you, fear not, for I am with you. Don't be dismayed, for I am your God. I am your God. I will strengthen you. That is, I'll give you courage. Yes, I will help you. That means I'll support you. And I will uphold you. That is, I will sustain you with my righteous right hand. Friend, there is nothing 2015 can bring my way that me and God can't handle. And you can say the same thing. He's your God. He's your God. When God's children have this true belief, not only in God's provision, but also in God's constant presence, then a new year can lead to a brand new beginning. But here's something else we believe. We also believe in God's promise. Now last Sunday, I churned the pot a little bit, I think, because I reminded you of a lesson that we need to learn about counting on God's promise as long as we're heeding God's premise. Did y'all get that? You can count on God's promise as long as you're heeding his premise. As long as you're giving generously according to God's command, according to his premise, then you can count on God's promise to supply all your need according to his riches by glory in Christ Jesus. But here we find another if-then statement. Actually, two of them. If-then statements. If you'll do this, God says, then I'll do this. Amen? If you do this, then God says, then I'll do this. So let's look at the premise of this if. Look in verse 13. And it shall be that if, say if, if you earnestly obey my commandments, which I command to you today, to love the Lord your God and serve him with all your heart and with all your soul. That's the premise. That's your part. That's what you've got to do in order to receive the promise. What's the promise? Let's keep looking. Then, say then, if you do that, then I will give you the rain. 
for your land in its season. And that you may gather your grain, your new wine, your oil, and I will send grass for your livestock so that you may eat and be filled. That's the promise. If we'll obey the premise, God can be counted on for the promise. God promises that if you love him and you serve him with all your heart, then the blessings of his provision are as good as yours. Amen? But you can't claim the promise of God's provision if you're not obeying the premise of loving and serving him with all your heart. And then he gives us another one. For good measure, God throws in another if-then statement, but it's a little bit different than the first one. The, the bonus premise is found in verse 16 because then God tells us this. He says, if, say if, if you let your heart be deceived and you turn aside and you serve other gods and you worship them, that's a premise. If you do that, uh-oh, here comes the bonus promise. The bonus promise is in verse 17 because verse 17 tells us, then, say then, then the Lord's anger shall be aroused against you. He shall shut up the heavens. There will be no rain. And the land will yield no produce. And you will perish quickly from the good land which he's given you. Oh, it's amazing how much of a choice we have in this incredible new year that we're approaching. God promises that if we love and serve him with all of our hearts, then the blessings that he has in store for us are as good as ours. But if we allow our hearts to be deceived and we depart from under God's umbrella, then what's going to happen? Who said that? Glenda? If I depart from under God's umbrella, then what's going to happen? We're going to get wet. There's a cold rain out there this morning, amen? I don't think I want no part of that. I want to stay under God's umbrella. So belief in God's provision, belief in God's presence, belief in, belief in God's promises are more than just mental opinions. Friends, those things lead to action. There is something I have to do. I do, in order to receive those promises... I do have to love and serve him with all my heart, with all my soul. And if I want to stay, if I want to avoid the challenges of getting wet, then I've got to make sure I stay under the umbrella. Amen? So what I believe manifests itself in how I behave, true or false. What I believe will manifest itself in how I behave, true or false. That's true. Have you ever heard, I've spoken from this pulpit many times, have you ever heard that insanity is doing the same things year after year but expecting a different result? You heard that? Hey, man, can I tell you that many, too many of us are insane? We're nuts. We're crazy. Why? Because we're doing the same thing year after year with no change. We want things to be different. 
We want a closer relationship with God. We want our marriages to be better. We want our families to be more devoted to God and to each other. We want our church to be healthier. We want our church to be stronger. We want our church to be more effective. We want to be more prosperous at work. But we don't want to change. We talked about that in our life group this morning. We want all the blessings of God, but we don't want to do anything about it. Friends, if you've been thinking this way, you are crazy. So what changes might I need to make to ensure that my 2015 is the very best it can be? First, you need to look at what you believe. Do you believe in God's provision? Do you believe that he has supplied you with an opportunity to be saved from your sins? Do you believe that God has provided you with all the needs of your life? Do you believe in God's presence that he's with you wherever you go? Do you believe in God's promises that, yes, are based on premises? Well, if you do believe in that, then you've got to be willing to change. If you do believe, believing will manifest itself in behavior. If I want a closer relationship with God, if, then I need to be spending more time with him. In real prayer, y'all know what I'm talking about when I say real prayer, right? Many of y'all pray like maybe I've prayed many times. Yeah, I pray over my, my deer steak and, and I pray over my meal. And I might, might even pray uh, when I go to bed. But am I really praying? Am I sick in the face of God? If I want to grow closer to him, I need some praying for real. Maybe I need to go deeper with my Bible devotion time. If I want a better marriage, if, then guess what? I had better go about the business of changing my attitude. If I want a better marriage, then I better start thinking about how I treat my spouse. If, then. If I want my family to be more devoted to God and to one another, then maybe, then, maybe I ought to lead the way. If I want to be part of a stronger, more effective church, if, then maybe I should start by doing my part. Amen? 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 If you want it, then maybe we should start by doing our part and doing what you can do to make it stronger and more effective. Friend, if you want to be more prosperous at work, then, then maybe you need to adopt a stronger work ethic. Amen, Brother Tim? If you want to be stronger, more prosperous at work, maybe you need a, a better work ethic. Maybe you need to start doing all in your power to making that business more productive. If, then. So we go into this new year with every tool and with every inspiration that we need to make 2015 a year of the Lord. A year of jubilee, the Bible says. A year, as Isaiah said, 
where the Spirit of the Lord God shall be upon me. Where, because he has anointed me to preach the good tidings to the poor, because he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, to open the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim an acceptable year of the Lord. Friend, are you poor? And I ain't talking about your money or your bank account. I'm talking about something far more important than any of that. Are you spiritually poor? Friend, are you brokenhearted? Has this past year just broke your heart? Friend, do you find yourself being held captive by sin or the enemy of this world? Do you find yourself bound in a prison of your own making? I'm here to tell you today, this is a new year. It's a new land. That's old news. It's time to move forward. We're move forward, moving forward into God's good land, into a new year. 2015 is an acceptable year of the Lord, and I'm here to tell you today, this can be your year. It can be your year. I pray that you'll begin this new year, your year, by making sure that you're placing your faith in Jesus Christ. Or maybe you need to begin again by replacing your faith in Jesus Christ. God provides. He's always present. And countless promises of yours you'll just fulfill the premise. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you that there is absolutely nothing that I can do to earn salvation. That I can't do anything that would warrant being saved from my sin. But the only thing, the only thing that I can do is place my faith in Jesus Christ, your Son, and believe on Him to be saved. Father, I can't think of a better time for someone to come to know you and to come into a relationship with you than the beginning of a new year. Lord, I've made a lot of resolutions, New Year's resolutions in my life, but there is never one more grand and I, when I resolved that I would place my faith, replace my faith in Jesus and that the rest of my life belonged to him. So Father, I pray today, whatever decision needs to be made, whether it's a decision for faith in Christ Jesus to be saved or the decision for that one believer who's been living in that year after year rut and they want out. Today they can place their faith in Christ Jesus anew. Do your work. Instruct your spirit to speak to us in a way that only he can. And we'll be swift to give you praise and to give you thanks for all that you've given us. But mainly for your son, Jesus Christ. And we pray this prayer 
in his name. And all God's people said. Let's all stand. Let's sing.